0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly! The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Somewhere in your home, you have a piece of furniture you're especially proud of. A nice table or a sideboard or a radio phonograph. Well, now, I want you to try polishing that piece of furniture with Johnson's newest wax polish, Johnson's Cream Wax. Believe me, Johnson's Cream Wax is something very special, quite different from any polish you've ever tried. First, Cream Wax has astonishing cleaning power. Special cleansing ingredients in this creamy white liquid instantly remove greasy dirt and fingerprints, leave it absolutely spotless. Polish lightly, and Johnson's Cream Wax leaves a rich wax polished luster that positively glows and sparkles with beauty. It's such a joy to find that your furniture and light-colored woodwork stay shining clean, too. You see, there's no oil in Johnson's Cream Wax to catch dirt or turn dull and smeary. Just a light dusting keeps cream wax surfaces beautifully bright. Yes, you'll love Johnson's Cream Wax. It's wonderful to bring out the beauty of the home.
1: Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home.
0: Mark Antony got scented parchments from Cleopatra. Napoleon got tender missives from Josephine. Clark Gable gets mashed notes from all over. But who gets more letters than anybody from the finance company? Why, of course, Mr. McGee of Fibber
2: McGee and Molly. dirty high binders, the pocket-picking panhandlers, the money-hungry bloodhounds. Who do they think they're intimidating? Some palooka without any friends or influence? Some homeless vagrant? Some timid character that he won't put up a fight? Answer me that.
3: I can't. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I'm talking about this letter from the finance company. Pay the September installment within 24 hours, they say. Or we'll start suit, they say. They'll repossess the car, they say.
3: You think they would?
2: I'll say. (laughs) is blackmail. That's what it is. By George... Now,
3: wait a minute, dearie. Huh? If you'll read me the letter, it'll be easier for me to give you advice which you won't take.
2: Okay, listen to what they say on their cheap stationery. <laughs> Dear sir, they say. Dear sir, the dirty hypocrites. Dear sir, If your September car payment of $18.75 is not in our hands within 24 hours, we will be forced to take legal action and institute repossession proceedings. Let us assure you that we have had sufficient experience with bums and deadbeats to know our way with crooks and thieves. (laughs) With kindest personal regards, the Wistful Vista Finance Company, Signed, Carl Snarl, President Oh my goodness, why don't you make the September payment? What do you mean, why don't I? How many times do I have to make the September? Look at here, look at this checkbook Look at that stub It's dated September the 3rd and Oh my gosh, here's the check too Oh, I never mailed it I never even tore it out Mm-hmm. Ooh.
3: Well, you still have 24 hours, dearie No, so...
2: I haven't I got this letter yesterday morning
3: Well, why didn't you open it then?
2: Because I won't be pushed around by any finance company They can't tell me when to open my mail
3: That's the spirit, my lad It is? It is indeed Mm. That's the spirit that will lose us the car (laughs) Tie you up in a lawsuit And give you a credit rating of zero minus Mm.
2: You think they'll really take the car away from us, Molly? What am I saying? Them pirates will snatch snatch that puddle jumper Before I can even sprinkle tax in the driveway Blah, blah, blah Hey, I'd better trot right down there and square this rap, huh?
3: Why don't you call them up first, dearie, and explain the situation? Great
2: idea, kiddo. I'll sit... Uh Uh-oh, it's too late. Here they are. Hide the car keys. Don't answer the door. Tell them we're not home. Tell them anything. And another...
3: Hello there, kids. Relax, McGee. It's just the old-timer. Hello, Mr. Old-timer.
4: Hello, daughter. Hi, old-timer. I'm glad to see you. Hello, Johnny. Nobody answered the door, so I figured you was out. When'd you get back? From where? Where were you? Right here Well, no wonder you got back so quick (laughs) I'm glad I waited Hope I ain't intruding, kids As a matter of
3: fact, Mr. Oldtimer, we were just going downtown
4: Good, me too I'll drive you down
3: Gee, thanks very much
4: Don't mention it, Johnny, glad to do it Just give me the keys and tell me the gear shift And I'll have you downtown in no time
3: (laughs) Oh, we're not taking our car, Mr. Oldtimer We're going to walk
4: I'll walk myself, daughter Hate to drive somebody else's car anyway (laughs) Leastwise till I learn how to drive <laughs> What you gonna do downtown, kids?
2: You gotta go down to the finance company and make a payment on the car, old-timer
4: Oh, that's too bad, kids I got a cousin making payments to that finance company yeah. Bought himself a brand new car through them fellers. Almost paid for now, too Wonderful
2: Bought it new, eh? What kind is it?
4: Apperson Jackrabbit, Johnny <laughs> Cost him seven hundred dollars 1910. <laughs> Plus interest, of course. 700 bucks. That's a lot
2: of lettuce for one jackrabbit.
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: <laughs> Pretty good, Johnny, but I, I heard it in a slightly different way. <laughs> the slightly different way I heard it in. One feller says to tell the feller, say, say. <laughs> A friend of mine is coming out with a gadget now that'll fry an egg, make coffee, and wash the dishes all in 15 minutes. Oh. Sounds good, says t'other feller. Did he invent it himself? Nope, says the first feller. He married it. <laughs> <laughs> See you later,
2: kid. Well, come on, baby. I gotta get down to that finance company. Hey, where's my hat?
3: Where'd you leave it?
2: I don't know. I had not Oh, yeah, I know where it is. It's right here in the hall
3: closet. No, 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 McGee. That's the hall closet.
2: What about it? I keep my hat in there all the time. (laughs) Shall we go?
0: Billy Mills and the orchestra, and Kate.
2: To tell that finance company about why I'm so late making this payment. Well, you know tell I... the
3: truth. Tell him you forgot.
2: Oh no, it's not that simple, kiddo. That outfit has got five garages full of cars that used to belong to guys with bad memories. No, oh, sir. I got to whip up a yarn that'll make them cry. Uh, let me see.
3: Well, tell them you spent the last week at your grandmother's bedside. <laughs> she cracked herself up flying her P-38 through a greenhouse. <laughs>
2: it's too coincidental. Last month, I told him my grandmother was playing drums in a nightclub and got gored by a trombone. If <laughs> I could only think up an excuse... Oh, hold it, I...
3: McGee. Here <laughs> comes Mr. Williams, the weatherman. Hello, Mr. Williams. Oh,
2: hi, a foggy old man. How are conditions, foggy? Oh, well, I, I'd i prefer
5: you didn't ask me things like that, Mr. McGee. Oh, Conditions are so unsettled that any answer I might give would be so subject to revision that I... Well, unexpected changes, you know. are like it. And then, on the other hand, there might be very little change. One never knows, for sure.
3: Are you referring to weather conditions, Mr.
5: Williams? Oh, not necessarily, Mrs. McGee. That is, not specifically. Although weather conditions are like any other conditions, if you consider them, by and large. You know, sometimes it's this, and sometimes it's that. Or both. <laughs> Usually, one or the other. (laughs) Although not definitely.
3: By the way, Mr. Williams, uh, where do you live? It seems we're always meeting you.
5: Oh, didn't you know? No, of course you don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't have inquired. No. (laughs) I live next door to you. What? Uh, Both of you. (laughs) As of last week. Oh. Friday, it seems. Afternoon, I think. Late, sort of.
2: (laughs) My gosh, you live in that house next door to us? I thought that house was vacant. Oh, it is.
5: Oh. Some of the time. I I work all day and my wife plays bridge at a club. Mm -hmm. During those times, the house is vacant. But it's usually occupied at night when we're there...
3: Next door, neighbors
5: to the weatherman. Yeah, any time I run out of
2: ice cubes, Foggy, I'll pop in and borrow a handful of hailstones. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: you'll be quite welcome, I'm sure, if we have them. <laughs> Although I doubt if we ever have. My, uh, my wife might know, though maybe not. Well, I must go home and feed my groundhog. Good day, probably. <laughs>
3: He's very nice, McGee, don't
2: you? Sure, and I'll bet five inches of rainfall to a bucket of slush he's some relation to Vera Vague, too. <laughs> oh, hey, remind me, I gotta stop at the Bonton on the way down. And uh, what for? I gotta buy some suspenders. The ones I got on are about shot. You know, these are the ones you give me for Christmas.
3: When did I ever give you suspenders for Christmas?
2: 1937, I think it was. <laughs> no, 1936. Or was it? No, it was not. That's it, 35. Or come to think... Now, wait a minute.
3: All right, all right. Now, let
2: me see. Yeah. I'm sure it was 1937 because that was the year Cousin Sylvester got kicked in the head by an ostrich. No, that was in 36. 1937 was the year Aunt Sarah sent us the four quarts of brandied cherries and Uncle Dennis passed out in the fruit cellar. Or was that in 1934? No, No, that must have been 1936. Because in 1935, I lost a silver dollar in the snow and tried to melt the snow off the lawn by using the garden hose as a flamethrower and set the porch on fire and found the silver dollar in the cup of my pants. <laughs> so I know it was 1935 that you gave me the suspenders.
3: Oh, uh, dearie, I wish I could reason things out the way you do. Mm-hmm. Your mind works like a steel trap.
2: Yeah.
3: And the things that get caught in it are nobody's. <laughs> uh, Oh, hello there, Mr. Wilcox. McGee, here's Mr. Wilcox. Oh, hi, Junior. Hello,
0: pal. Hello, Molly. Where are you going?
3: (laughs) Down to the Whistle Vista Finance Company, Mr. Wilcox. Himself here forgot to make his September payment on the car. He did? <laughs>
0: oh, you're in trouble, pal. Those people are tougher than tripe. Yeah? They're as heartless as nightclub celery. Hmm. And I know, my uncle owns that outfit.
3: You mean Carl Snarl is your uncle, Mr. Wilcox?
0: Yes, but don't tell anybody. He's a very hateful guy. Yeah? I tell you, that's a cold man.
3: Oh, then it wouldn't do any good for you to put in a word for McGee, huh? Not
0: a bit,
2: Molly, not a bit. Just make it worse. Hmm. This Carl Snarl seems to have rather an attractive personality. A certain charm of his own, like a cobra with an impacted wisdom tooth. Oh, he's really a brute. You know what he did to my aunt one day right
0: after they were married? Tell us. Well, my aunt was a very meticulous woman. So what? He should have found
2: that out before he married her.
3: Meticulous means neat, dearie.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. She was very meticulous, Uh particularly with her housekeeping. (laughs) Well, go on, Junie. Silence may be golden, but Racine don't think so, in your case. <laughs> okay.
0: Anyway, my aunt took particular pride in her kitchen linoleum. Uh-huh. It was always sparkling, immaculate, clean as a... as a whistle. I, uh... always carry this whistle with me. I like to dramatize my sales talk.
1: <laughs>
2: By the way, Frank, Why don't you carry a hound's tooth and say she kept her linoleum as clean as this and then stab him with it? That will not get their attention. Oh, well, maybe, but I think the oh, whistle now, is... Oh, now,
3: boys, boys, please. Now, I want to hear what Carl Snarl did to Mr. Wilcox's aunt.
0: Hmm, silly girl. Well, anyway, one... <laughs> one day Uncle Carl walked into the kitchen and saw my aunt using Johnson's self-polishing glow coat and singing happily. Mm-hmm. She loved using glow coat because it was so easy and so effective. Mm-hmm. So there she was, pouring a little glow coat out, spreading it around with a long-handled applier, knowing that it would dry within 20 minutes or less to a handsome, protective, color-restoring brilliance. hmm She knew that with Johnson's glow coat, it was a simple matter to keep linoleum
2: clean. Clean as a what? What? Oh, clean as a... (laughs) as a whistle. (laughs) Thanks. Don't mention it. That's decent of you to humor me, waxy old chap. Not at all, not at all.
3: Heavenly days, will you please get on with the story? What happened?
2: Well, Uncle
0: Carl, being a heel, hated to see my aunt so happy. He enjoyed seeing her down on her knees, scrubbing. And he knew that Glowcoat eliminated all that old-fashioned labor, so he picks up the can of Glowcoat and throws it out the window with a dirty laugh. The
3: brute. And what did your aunt do, cry?
0: No, she picked Uncle Carl up and threw him out the window. (laughs) He's been a different man ever since. Better? Only around home. Worse, every place else. Oh. Well, I just wanted you to know what you were up against, pal. Let me know what happens.
2: So long now. Well, come on, Molly. Let's get down there and get it over with.
3: Wait just a minute. While I step into Kramer's drugstore, I've got to get a new lipstick. Between you and me and Elizabeth Arden, we ought to conquer Mr. Snarl. <laughs> you wait right here for me, dearie. I won't be but a minute.
2: Okay, Tootsie. Ah, there goes a good kid. If I had a wife like that, I wouldn't be scared to face... What am I saying? She is my wife. <sighs> huh, I guess I'm so nervous about Carl Snarl, I don't know how to...
6: Hi, mister. Huh?
2: Oh, hi, <laughs> teeny. <Atini.
6: laughs> How's Trix? Fine, thank you. <laughs> she likes it too. Huh? Hmm? What'd you say? But what?
2: You said she liked
6: it. She does. She loves it. Who does? Trix. Huh? That's my bunny rabbit. Her real name is Trixie, but her, her nickname is Trix.
2: <laughs> nickname, you mean?
6: No, that's her nickname. Oh. It's on a little tag around her neck.
2: Oh. <laughs> Now look, sis, let's get this straight. I said house tricks and you said fine, thank yous, and she likes it too. She likes
6: what? Her house. Oh. Papa said she shouldn't be running outside all winter and, and we'd have to house tricks. Oh. So, <laughs> so so we did and Papa built a little rabbit hatch out of a soapbox. Hutch. Well, I was just hmm? Hutch! Hutch! God bless you. <clears throat>
2: Look, sis. It seems to me you're getting a little overloaded in the pet department.
6: I am not. I bet you. I don't even let Willie hold my hand. No,
2: no. <laughs> I mean live pets. Last week you had a kitten and a dog named Margaret. Now you got a rabbit named Trixie.
6: I got a pet cuckoo too. I bet
2: you. Oh, a cuckoo? eh? that's mm-hmm. interesting. You keep it in the clock? No. Oh. In a
6: little box with some dried leaves. Oh. I'm waiting for him to turn into a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, you mean you've got a cocoon Sure, mm-hmm.
6: sure And and when he comes out of his cuckoo I'm going to have a birthday party for him mm-hmm. Dancing and everything Oh,
2: that's great, sis A great idea Invite me over I've always wanted to go to a mothball <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it, sis? Butterfly dance? Mothball? ball?
6: Oh. <laughs> no oh. <laughs> Well, it's so long, mister <laughs>
0: Kingsman and the Stanley Steamer.
1: Get your veil and get your duster. Get your goggles for the wind will be a guster. Keep your hovered gown firmly belted down. When we're out in the Stanley Steamer. In a gale we never fluster. Cause the wind will give our cheeks a rosy luster. If we're dressed in style, everyone will smile. When we're out in the Stanley Steamer. <laughs> donkey used to have his charm But he's looking at us with alarm For it looks like he's back to the farm But if we fail with our combustor Then our speed is gonna need a new adjuster We'll just sit and dream till we get up steam In the Stanley Steamer automobile If it begins to rain and thunder We'll have to scramble out and scramble under Heart every time you start for a ride in the Stanley Steamer. Chuck, 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 chuck. The tandem bike has had its day. If
4: you're riding one,
1: you'll find that they poke along in an obsolete way. So if you're wise, you'll trade the Surrey for a steamer that'll get you there in a hurry. Up or down the hill, every mile a thrill With the latest motor deal, come and sit behind the wheel With the man in the Stanley Steamer In the Stanley Steamer Automobile
3: the Wistful Vista Finance Company, dearie? That's right in this block, Molly. You got your story already?
2: No, but I can get one up on the spur of the moment. I only wish this moment didn't have such sharp spurs. <laughs> if that Carl Snarl is as tough as he's supposed to
3: oh, be... Oh, wait I'm... a minute, McGee. Here comes Dr. Gamble. Maybe he can help. Oh. yoo doctor!
2: Hello there,
7: my dear. Hello, repulsive. <laughs> well, if it isn't the little round healer. Where are you rolling, medicine ball? If it's any of your business, jump seat. I just finished a major operation and I'm taking a walk to steady my nerves.
3: Oh. oh, something serious, doctor?
7: Oh no, army officer got in a fight and I had to take a few stitches in his ear. You call that a major operation? Yes, he was a major in the artillery. Oh. <laughs> and his language was very spectacular. Mm-hmm. If my ancestors were all he said they were, I come from a very colorful family.
3: I suppose he apologized afterward.
7: My dear girl, the army never admits being wrong. The first thing an officer learns is to stand with shoulders back, chin in, and mind closed. (laughs) I was a captain in the medical corps once, and I ought to know. I was the worst of the lot.
2: No kidding, Doc. You in the army once? Say, tell us, was it really tough going that winter at Valley Forge? (laughs)
3: McGee, now stop it I'll bet Dr. Gamble was a fine officer
2: Yeah, it took an act of Congress to make him a gentleman and it'll take a miracle to make it stick (laughs) Hey, Fatso, by the way Yes, Buster? (laughs) I'm in a little jam with the Whistle Vista Finance Company You know anybody down there? I know Carl Snarl the president
3: Oh, wonderful You hear that, dearie? He knows Carl Snarl
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's great, Doc Now look, if Carl Snarl is a friend of yours He isn't Huh?
3: He isn't?
7: No, I merely said I knew him Oh I met him once at the home of one of my patients Who had just broken his hip Yeah, what was he doing there? He was repossessing a wheelchair (laughs) That'll give you some idea of what you're up against However, if you want to give me as a character witness Please do so And when I get through testifying You won't be able to borrow 40 cents on a $50 bill Mm. (laughs) Oh, the very thought of it makes me feel good I think I'll go back to the hospital and order barium dinners for everybody. See you later,
2: children. you really think he put in a rap against me, Molly? Oh,
3: certainly not. He was just kidding.
2: No, I don't. He's got a pretty gruesome sense of humor. Oh, here's the finance company, kiddo. Well, let's face it.
3: Oh, cold in here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
2: It'll warm up in a minute, I'm afraid. (laughs) Hey, where is everybody? Must be in another office torturing a client. Hey, is anybody here?
8: I do wish you wouldn't yell like that, sir. What was it you wanted?
3: (laughs) Well, we'd like to see Mr. Carl Snarl. Although we'd much rather do business with somebody like you. Yeah,
2: I understand this snarl cookie is something special to carry around on Halloween. <laughs> Just between you and me, Jackson, uh, what goes with this snarl? Is he, is he really the kind of a guy that would glue the leaves together on his starving mother's artichoke? <laughs>
8: <laughs> I'm afraid I'm a little prejudiced, my friend. You see, I am Carl Snarl.
2: <laughs> You're a snarl, Carl?
3: How do you do, I'm sure. We are Mr. McGee and his wife, which is me.
8: Oh, you're Faber McGee, hmm? Well, come into my office, Mr. McGee. I've uh, been waiting for you. Oh,
2: that's a nice nice little office you got here, Mr. Snarl. (laughs) Hey, what's the big whip for hanging up over in the corner? Well, I don't think you're here to discuss
8: my hobbies, Mr. McGee.
1: (laughs)
3: Oh no, Mr. Snarl! No, indeed. We came to discuss the September payment.
2: Yeah, you probably don't know the details of my account, Mr. Snarl. A uh, busy man as you are, probably. Yes, has... I know your case
8: very well. Huh? Eighteen dollars and seventy-five cents a month overdue.
3: Well, he can explain the whole thing, Mr. Snarl. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure I can. You can? <laughs> you see, Carl, old man, it was like this. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Well, I won't believe it when he does tell me. (laughs) Now, look here, my chiseling friend. You see that motto up there on the wall just past the whip? Uh,
2: You you mean the one that says the man who holds his end up won't have to worry about sitting on a tack? (laughs) That one?
3: Yes, we see it.
8: Well, you haven't held up your end of the contract, McGee. We're repossessing your car today.
3: Oh, but Mr. Snarling. You
8: keep quiet,
2: sister. Don't tell my sister to be quiet, you worry. <laughs> and besides, that's my wife. And furthermore, I got a check right here for 1875, so I don't that... want it. Huh? I'm gonna repossess.
8: Huh? Rather have the car and the money. Got plenty of money, and I'm part of it. All right, this is a stick-up, huh? Get your hands up, everybody.
3: Oh! Get your hands up, everybody!
8: I got my hands up now. Now, let, let's not be hasty now. Let's... Go
2: ahead and shoot him, bud. Justifiable homicide. <laughs> ain't a jury in the land that wouldn't... Pipe be... down, you. Oh. And get out of that chair. Get over against that wall. Or I can watch you. No. What?
3: McGee, darling, do what the man says. Get over against the wall where he can watch you. No,
8: sir. McGee, now, be reasonable. You'll get us all murdered. Uh, the, the money's in the safe, mister, behind Mr. McGee's chair. All and... right. Get out of that chair, Mac. Me? Yes, you. I ain't got time to argue. The cops will be here. Now, get up. No. Sweetheart, for goodness sake. McGee, he's got a gun. For hurt. the last time, Mac... Are you going to get out of that chair? If I wasn't afraid, I'd wake in every cop in town. I'd shoot you so fast,
2: you'd... Come on, get up! I'm not budging.
3: Well, you heard what Mr. McGee said, burglar. (laughs) He can be awful stubborn when he makes up his mind.
1: I ought to blow his... Oh, of all the. Let me out of here! Well,
8: you may put your hands down now, Ms. McGee. And I might add that your brave husband has saved the firm thousands of dollars.
3: Oh, McGee, you were wonderful. That man scared me to death.
8: Oh, Oh, you have great courage, Mr. McGee. Oh, I do. I'd like to shake the hand of a hero. Stand up, Mr. McGee. I can't
2: stand up, Dad Raddit. My suspenders are busted. River and Molly
0: return in just a moment. Say, remember to try Johnson's Cream Wax, won't you? You'll love this newest Johnson's Wax polish, Johnson's Cream Wax. In fact, I think you'll say it's the most wonderful furniture polish you've ever used. This creamy white liquid has many advantages over ordinary polishes. Cream Wax doesn't contain one drop of oil. This means your furniture won't turn dull and smeary. Dust and dirt won't cling to it. You see, Johnson's Cream Wax polishes with wax instead of oil, leaves a rich, smooth, protective luster that's really dry. Just a light dusting keeps your furniture sparkling clean. In addition to genuine wax, Johnson's Cream Wax contains special cleaning ingredients. It's astonishing how quickly it removes dirt and fingerprints, even greasy stains. You'll want to use it not only to clean and wax polish your furniture, but all your light-colored woodwork and white kitchen equipment. Johnson's Cream Wax, it's really superior to bring out the beauty of the home.
1: Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the combined community chests of America need $168 million for 1948. That seems like a lot of money until you divide it by 140 million people. If everybody gave just a dollar, they'd come very close to their goal.
3: We know that some people can't give a dollar, but other people can give hundreds. It simply boils down to give to the limit of your ability.
2: Your money will go to Red Feather Services, which benefit your hometown. They have cut down the administration costs of charities and services by combining a lot of welfare appeals into one group.
4: Please
3: give generously this year. Tickle your conscience with a red feather. Good night. Good night, all.
0: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night.
1: Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.